The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This week's edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast, is brought to you by the recently updated HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. We're also brought to you by Hameen Media, two feeds now for your listening pleasure as we march towards 3 million downloads, hackerhameen.podbean.com, as well as hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. Also available over at the PW Hustle, pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com, and syndicated by our friends over at ndpw.com. Shout out to Carlos and company. You can find Destino wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, be it Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Apple, Google, or iHeartRadio. On today's episode, I'm joined by Mighty Joe Morin of Turnbuckle Talk, available over at the HTM Podcast Network to talk nights 13 through 16 of the G1 Climax. Getting close to the end here, so we wanted to get you all set up for the A and B Block Finals. We also have a stardom update from the Yokohama Show, so let's go ahead and jump into it. But first, my friends from Down Under. This is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook, and now you're going to die. Stardom back in action from the October 3rd show in Yokohama. I had planned on getting into Tag League this week, but the first couple of shows are still uploading, so we'll have that on next week's edition of Destino. But I wanted to get you caught up on the mega show from inside of the Yokohama Budokan, one of the largest shows in recent Stardom history. One of the big items coming out of the show wasn't actually even seen on screen, but sent waves through the Joshi community when Kairi Hojo, formerly Kairi Sane for you WWE fans out there, was photographed backstage with Rossi in Yokohama. Not sure what Kyrie's status currently is, as she'll be working as an ambassador for the WWE, but if she gets back into a ring, you can bet it will be for stardom, and boy would she be a welcome addition to the roster. Two big debuts on this show, as Donna Del Mundo would get their fifth member in Natsupoi who's sure to be a high-speed challenger for AZM, as well as Mina Shirakawa also making her debut. Both women recently wrapped up with Tokyo Joshi and looked to fit in great with the start- current stardom roster. We would also see an appearance from the marvelous star Takumi Iro later in the show, and it's also been announced that Siri has officially signed a contract with stardom rather than just working as a freelancer. This show now available on stardomworld.com for your viewing enjoyment. Wanted to run you through the results quick. AZM retains the high-speed title over Starlight Kid to kick off the show. AZM now finally 18 and killing it as the high-speed champion. Someday Kid's time will come, but that's not any day soon. Mina Shirakawa defeats Hanan in her debut. Riho and Saya defeat the team of Natsu Samir and Yuna Manace. Natsupoi makes her debut for Donald Del Mundo and defeats Death Yamasan in a fantastic high-speed match. Really looking forward to Natsupoi and AZM. B. Priestley defeats Momo to win the recently vacated by B's former tag partner, Jamie Hayter, the SWA title. Oedo Tai, the team of Natsuko Tora and Saki Kashima, defeat the Tokyo Cyber Squad's Jungle Kayona and Konami when Konami turns on Jungle Kayona and delivers the chair shot heard around the Joshi world. 
I think we all knew that the end was coming for TCS with everything surrounding Hannah Kimura's passing and her mom Kyoko's lawsuit filings, but this was still hard to watch. Love Tokyo Cyber Squad, especially now knowing that Jungle is going to be out of action for a year or so, which means this feud is just going to keep boiling until she returns. Saya and Utami defeat the team of Haimika and Micah to retain the goddess titles for Queen's Quest. Julia over Tam Nakano for the Wonder title. One of these days, Tam has to make good on her promise to take that title from Julia. This is a great story, but they can't just keep running this back every couple of weeks. It feels like we've seen these two way too much lately. And then in your main event, Mayu Iwatani defeats Suri to retain the World of Stardom title. It was then that Takami Iro would make her appearance to challenge Mayu for the title. Mayu's title reign really needs some real competition and a storyline that she can sink her teeth into. Let's hope Kyrie and Mayu is on the table for late 2020, early 2021. So that's the Stardom Report. Next week, we'll get you all caught up on Tag League and where we're going with the rest of 2020. And then after the break, I'll be joined by Mighty Joe to talk some G1 Climax. Stick around. Back to talk some G1 with one of my favorite Canucks from Turnbuckle Talk, Mighty Joe Morin. Mighty Joe, welcome back to Destino, my friend. I thought on here my name was Mighty Joe Moon. Well, I, I, I thought I'd give you like, you know, the proper, hey, at least I remembered the mighty thing, right? Like I'm making right. an effort here, Joe. My God, it's been forever since we actually had you on the show. Um, before we, we, we talk some G1, I got to get, you know, the, the sponsors happy here. G1 Review is brought to you by StevieRichardsFitness.com as well as our friends over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Let's face it, 2020 has sucked. But get ready for a brand new you in 2021 by heading over to StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get down with one of Stevie's yoga programs or his resistance band training program for pennies on the dollar compared to what a lot of these programs are out there that, let's face it, they just don't work. And while you're online, why don't you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com, grab yourself some gear from Stevie Richards, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen, the Conspiracy Horseman, and of course, a lot of the New Japan talent. So, Joe, ladies and gentlemen, here's the plan for today. We are just going to run through the results 
for nights 13 through 16. You can find myself and Jimmy T breaking down nights 1 through 12 by scrolling down the feed a little bit. Today, it's results from both the A blocks and the B blocks as where as we kind of stand and where we're going into the final three nights of the G1 Climax. Joe, I guess before we really get into these four shows, I know you've been covering it on Turnbuckle Talk, but we haven't yep. really had a chance to talk much about the G1. What have you thought of this year's tournament so far? It's been excellent. I've been enjoying it so far. And the big surprise for me, uh, Jargo, is the Young Lions. Uh, and there's only a few of them that are kind of involved here. But, I mean, they've been knocking it out of the park on every single, if, if not almost every one of the single one of these nights. And, I mean, they're, they're the curtain jerker match. But, you know, they're not doing too much to outshine the rest of the card. But they're doing enough to really get, get you interested into these shows. Like, uh, especially Gabriel Kidd. Uh, well, it's Kidd, uh, Uramura, and, and Suji, essentially. And they're flip-flopping back and forth uh, throughout the nights. I mean, all three of these guys have stepped up, man. It's been really impressive to watch. And the one thing, and I brought this up on Turnbuckle Talk in the last episode, that these guys have gotten really good at. And the other um, main people on the card as well are really good at this, is if they're on the verge or they, they've made a mistake or they've made a slight botch or mistake, they don't do the WWE thing where they wait or try and repeat the spot right away. They realize, okay, we made a little slip. Let's just move on to something else. And, and then they just kind of pick up where they left off that. It really, really stands out to me. And then when I go back and I watch some North American wrestling and there's a missed spot and then they, they have to wait or they, you know, they're, they're trying to hit it again. Just It's such a jarring. It's so, it, it really stands out to somebody like me that really looks at the details. You know, the one that cracks me up with that is Sonata because yeah. Sonata misses more spots than he lands, I think. But when he mm -hmm. misses a spot, then he'll go off on this like two to three minute sequence that doesn't actually yeah. make any kind of logical sense to anybody just to get back to where he was going. We're going to talk about Sonata yeah. quite a bit on the show, but about the young lions, man. Yeah. The C block is absolutely killing it. Um, I don't yeah. have the C block standings in front of me, but uh, no. I, I have a feeling that in true young lion fashion, it's going to end up a three way tie. <laughs> it very well could be uh, out of those three guys. Is there one that kind of stands out above the, the others? Uamura to me. I mean, yeah. and, and it's, it's really the look. Um, I, I think Gabriel Kidd is probably my favorite worker of the three. Uh, Suji yeah. has my emotional attachment just because he's been a young lion for so long. I think everybody's pulling for Yota Suji, including your your partner in crime, Carl, who picked him to win the New Japan Cup in the most hilarious segment ever. <laughs> um, and then there's Uamura. And, and Uamura, yeah. to me, he just has that look and that, that there's something about him. I yeah. dare I say he reminds me of Kazuchika Okada when Okada was a young lion. Like you can just look at this guy and see that guy's going to be the face of the company for the next 10 years. Even just looks wise. Like when I go back even further, like he, like just even like, Facially wise, like reminds me of like a young uh, Antonio Nogi or something. Like, just it's uh, it's really creepy. And he has a very kind of older schoolish kind of style. And just it's man, uh, watching these young, young line matches, I mean, it's just as good, if not better, than uh, slow WWE stuff going on. Unless this is the, the young line stuff, and and they're opening them up a little bit. It seems like they're giving them some more offense. Um, I am curious when you look at the pandemic. 
things have changed and things have changed yeah. forever. There's a lot of people that say, you know, I can't wait to get back to normal. At this point, I don't even know what normal actually is because there, there's a lot of things that have just completely changed. And yeah. one of them is going to be international travel. And I'm curious, especially with this crop of young lions, are they going to send them on excursion? Or are we just going to see them, you know, like going up to and saying, okay, we're going to unlock another dresser in the drawer for you. Now you can do this, 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 and that. Because it, it seems like we're seeing a natural progression with the young lions that we probably, they would be on excursion by now. I would agree. and But it feels more like we're, we're just, we're grooming these guys to be, you know, the next to, to just join the, the main roster, so to speak, if you want to use a North American wrestling terminology, you know, and, and by then, you know, they'll, they've earned their actual gimmick. They, they won't just stay as these kind of quote unquote generic kind of looking guys, you know, that they'll like in new Japan style, you know, you spend your time as, as a young lion and then you earn your gimmick and then kind of go from there. And I'm excited to see what all three of these guys can do. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, there's no weak link in the three of them. I mean, like you had mentioned, uh, Yota Suji, yeah, maybe, would be the the third ranked one, but even him, he's fantastic. You know, Suji he pisses me off. Emotional. He he listens he listens that emotional response in the ring when he's working, and just it. Uh, you know, I enjoy all three guys. Suji pisses me off. That's right, I said <laughs> it. Suji pisses me <laughs> off because he is Hiroshi Tanahashi's personal freaking cheerleader. Like yep. it, it, I've never seen that out of a young lion before, and I just I want to see Suji get beat up every time he does it. It drives me absolutely freaking crazy. Um, I, I love Uomura and Gabriel Kidd. Um, that kid staying in Japan instead of returning back to the UK and, and being stuck there for this pandemic might be the smartest move in all of professional wrestling. Um, yep. That kid is absolutely killing it. And you say, you know, it, they earn their gimmick. I think we already found Gabriel Kidd's gimmick. He's a douchebag. That is Gabriel Kidd's gimmick. I mean, he is just a shit-talking fool, man. He reminds yep. me of MJF if MJF could work. Like, that's <laughs> that's what he reminds me of. Yep, absolutely. Agree 100%. Like it a lot. All right, man. Let's 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 go ahead and jump into this thing. Uh Saturday, night 13, A block. The show starts off with Jeff Cobb defeating Tomohiro Ishii with the tour of the islands in 14 minutes and 57 seconds. Both men, three wins, four losses, and six points. This match features one of the craziest feats of strength that I've ever seen when Jeff Cobb deadlifts Tomohiro Ishii off of the canvas to give him a tour of the islands. Uh, Joe, Jeff Cobb, it has come out, has officially signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think this is a great move for Jeff Cobb. I'm just curious where he is going to kind of fall inside of this roster. I'm not saying, you know, necessarily like, oh, he should join Suzuki Goon, which is what I think he should do. But I, yep. when I just look at the roster top to bottom, what do you do with Jeff Cobb? He belongs there, but where do you put him? You know, especially given that typically, at least recently, since I've really kind of started delving into New Japan Pro Wrestling, is that the, they really tend to push their own to the top. You know, the the products of the of the the New Japan Dojo tend to get pushed to the top of the card. Um, Cobb, I mean, he's definitely not a, a lower end guy. I mean, he's he could be one of these guys kind of stuck in that quote unquote mid card hell. Um, you know, even new Japan is not, uh, immune to, to that phenomenon. Um, 
he very well could have some, you know, some championship matches. But I mean, are they going to put the belt on this guy? I don't know. Uh, that's that's a, it's a good question. I feel like never title level. I mean, like, yeah. and if that means I get to watch Jeff Cobb feud with Minoru Suzuki for two years, I'm yeah. fine with that. Oh, yeah. But for sure. I, I, I kind of feel like he, he that's going to be his slot. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Switchblade defeats Yujiro in three minutes and 40 seconds. The story going on with Switchblade Jay White is absolutely fascinating right now. It's one of the best things in professional wrestling. Switchblade moves to 10 points, a 5-2 and two record. Yujiro 0-7 with zero points. But boy, are the Bullet Club tensions starting to build all the way to Switchblade just expecting Yujiro to lay down. And uh, uh, Yujiro finally saying, you know what? I'm going to try to pin this motherfucker. And Switchblade not really appreciating that. In fact, after the match, we got this promo from Switchblade Jay White. No, no, I don't need those today. I don't need those today. Actually, I don't know what. Don't even fucking need a fucking chair today. Give me that chair too! Give me that chair too! You know what? I do need another goddamn chair today! Ha 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 ha
That's the story going on with Switchblade Jay White. He doesn't know who he can trust anymore. And, of course, none of his friends are over there as of yet, um, with the exception of Kenta, and who knows where Kenta might stand. But I I, I feel like, man, if we build this to Switchblade Jay White versus Evil inside of the Tokyo Dome, people are going to cheer Switchblade. People really dislike Evil really dislike evil at this point. So what can you do to avoid that scenario from happening? You don't do it. You don't do it. I don't, I I don't, I I am normally fine with a heel versus heel mashup, but those two guys right now, that just seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, yeah, it would just, it would be, like I said, it would just be a horrible shame uh, for Jay White to end up turning into like a good guy because it's uh, I think he's at his best being that despised uh, heel that he is right now. Yujiro, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Yujiro, Owen seven, zero points. <laughs> it, I know a lot of people don't like Yujiro being in this tournament. You need guys like Yujiro inside of this tournament. Yeah, you need guys like Yano inside this tournament. Um, if Fale was inside of this tournament, he would probably be the guy standing there at 0-7 with zero points because he would have gotten disqualified in every match. Um, yep. and, and that's kind of become evil shtick at this point. So I, I'm fine with Yujiro. I think Yujiro has looked really, really good throughout this tournament as far as Yujiro can look really, really good. Absolutely. I'm not hitting fast forward on Yujiro matches. That's something, right? Yep. I don't know. I enjoy it. Like, he has his place. And uh, I've always enjoyed the, the, the Tokyo Pimp gimmick. I, I enjoy it. It's a nice uh, kind of, uh, you know, something a little bit different inside Bull Club. I, I am missing Peter, though. Absolutely. Yes. That act hurts a lot without Peter. It does. Well, Osprey defeats Taichi in the battle of who's a bigger douchebag in 16 minutes and 26 seconds with a Stormbreaker. Osprey now 5-2 with 10 points. Taichi, three wins, four losses, six points. And I I apologize to all the Taichi fans out there. Taichi has always been one of my least favorite guys on the New Japan roster simply because I just, I hate the gimmick. But Taichi has looked really, really good through Throughout this tournament, even though he's mostly been putting people over. And then we have douchebag Osprey at 10 points still in this thing. Um, yep. Joe, I, I, I really feel like we are building this something with Osprey and Okada coming up in the A block final. I'm not yeah. sure what it is, though. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And uh, Tai Chi. Uh, he's been a guy that has really kind of surprised me in this tournament. Uh, very much like you, I've never been a fan of the gimmick. If you're gonna, okay, uh, Tai Chi, if you're listening, if you're if you're gonna do a lip syncing thing as part of your gimmick, learn how to lip sync. Okay, don't just you, you gotta move your lips a little bit. But but I digress on that part. When it comes, he's to a the ventriloquist. Actual, <laughs> when it comes to the actual in-ring stuff, fantastic. The, the guy has stepped up his game. That, 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 that's, that's a trend throughout this whole tournament, uh, given COVID. Like I guess even even the young lines, everybody, it's like they gathered everybody up backstage and just went, okay, you know, it's time for all of you guys to, to step up. And, boy, that this guy is somebody that has surprised me and has really, really stepped up. And uh, I'm, I've been impressed, and even, even in the losses. Yeah, Taiji having a fantastic tournament. Not MVP level. 
but but <laughs> but this is by far the most entertained I have been by Tai Chi um, since I started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then uh, back back to your, back to your original question, uh, your original point though, with, with Osprey and uh, Okada, yeah, that that for me is a fantastic uh, final for the for that A block, and I, I'm curious to see what, what can happen, and uh, we'll get to a, l- a little bit uh, thing, but. Um, Something to do with the Okada we got to get to as well. So you've been mentioning it, and it's something that's been bugging me too, and you know what it is. We, w- we will talk Okada right after we talk about these two guys. We, we, we talk about, you know, getting the roster together and telling them that it's time to step up. I'm not sure that anyone has stepped up in this tournament more than Minoru Suzuki. Although, arguably, his opponent, Kota Ibushi, is giving him a run for his money. Ibushi wins this one in 16 minutes and 58 seconds via Kamagoye, as well as like the super Kamagoye from hell that uh, Minoru Suzuki just thought was absolutely hilarious for one reason or another. He is just a terrifying man. Kota Ibushi now 5-2, 10 points. Suzuki, 3 wins, 4 losses, 6 points. And my MVP of this tournament, Minoru Suzuki at the age of 52 years old is just absolutely killing it killing it he's been fantastic yep this this was my match of the week for this past week for those who turned into turnbuckle talk this was my pick uh, for match of the week i mean this was of all the wrestling that i've watched over this past week and i mean i'll go back even further dude i was just fully invested in this match. I went back and actually watched it three or four times. Just, just this match, like just it, it, it had everything that, that that I wanted. And even at the end, to just see Suzuki get his ass handed to him at the end, and and, and to be laying on the ground laughing, smiling. He enjoys getting the, the punishment. I mean, just wow. I mean, just I was blown away by both guys, and this match was absolutely fan friggin' tastic. And this wasn't even the main uh, match of the, for the night. Incredible. The, the the super Kamagoye was incredible. Oh, um, incredible. But I I really I love like the first five minutes of this match because there's so much talk in professional wrestling about spots and how you know yep. it, it's becoming Cirque du Soleil. You know it, it's you're going out there and you're doing a routine. Nothing feels like a fight. Watch Kota Ibushi versus Minoru Suzuki and tell me that yep. doesn't feel like a fight. I mean that it was it was fantastic. I need more of that in my professional wrestling. And this is where having Minoru Suzuki in this match makes it believable. Because th- for those who have been uh, listening to, to to me uh, do turnbuckle talk and being on this program, being on hitting the marks and whatnot, you'll know that that the MMA crossing over into professional wrestling is something that's always been kind of hit and miss with me because the, there's some that come over that, that it just, it doesn't look believable, especially when I've seen them do MMA and then they cross over to professional wrestling. It just, it, it feels like they're, it doesn't feel legit with guys like Minoru Suzuki. It feels legitimate. And that's why it works with him. And Ibushi having a kickboxing background was a, a, a perfect Absolutely. opposite for yeah. Suzuki. Uh, both the stand-up and the ground game. I just, I absolutely love this match. Fantastic stuff. All right, your main event, Kazuchika Okada. At this point, we're just calling him the, the rrrr. He's not, (laughs) he's not the Rainmaker. We're trying to get Rainmaker back. At this point, we're at rrrr. Kazuchika Okada defeats Shingo Takagi, 27 minutes and 45 seconds via referee stoppage with the fucking money clip 
my my most hated move in all of professional wrestling. Okada moves to five and two. He has ten points. Shingo with three wins and four losses, only six points, which is a disappointment. But yeah. when you look back at this A block, Ishii and Shingo have just been <laughs> invaluable to this A yeah. block. I, people going out there and just having fire burner matches. Shingo Takagi, e- even if he loses more than he wins, he, his investment is still going up every single match. Right, right now, Shingo Takagi is my favorite guy to watch in professional wrestling right now. Uh, even in a loss, I'm just thoroughly entertained. I'm invested in every, one, every single one of his matches. I mean, just it, it's he has a, that unique ability to even have you cheering after he loses. Just it's a damn, uh, just a, he, he has how high this guy can rise uh, on the card. Remains to be seen, but I mean, I'm a huge fan of the guy. And, uh, you know, with Okada, I'm into, I absolutely love Okada for that, for that, when the bell rings until about three quarters or seven eighths of the way through the match. And then this obsession, this, whatever, this weird need to have to use this friggin' submission move that just, it looks like garbage i i just i don't get it is there is a store is this something that's part of a storyline or is this does he legitimately feel like this i don't know man just it it just that 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 little part there just it that doesn't feel like kazuchika okada to me that 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 money clip submission move i I just i can't wrap my head around it we're getting there i don't get it we're we're getting there i mean at some point he is gonna hit a rainmaker at at some point At some point, he's going to do the Rainmaker pose, you know, like at at some point. And I understand the story they're telling. My argument is simply the story sucks. I'm tired (laughs) of of, of the Okada. I've lost myself and I have to, you know, I got sick of balloon Okada. Uh, This entire concept of Okada going out and purposely wrestling like shit. I just I yeah. I don't understand. Like I get the story they're telling. I just think the story sucks, and, yeah. and I'm I'm, okay. I'm ready for the rainmaker to return. Yep, it's uh, just uh, he has a perfectly good match-ending move. This the this submission. I just I I, I I don't know. I hope it doesn't become a permanent uh, thing in his uh, repertoire. Although I will say I did like there there I it might have been the Shingo match. All the matches start to blend together by the time you get to about night, you know, 16. <laughs> um, right. But what, it might have been the Shingo match where he busted out like a money clip backbreaker. That was really, yeah. really cool. I really, really like that. I think it was the Shingo match. I think that's what actually finally put Shingo out. Um, Shingo nice. Takagi, now number two. I said on last week's show that there was one guy who knew how to sell the money clip, and that was Tai Chi. And this week, we, we can add Shingo Takagi to that because while the move yep. looks like shit, at least Shingo knows how to sell it. My God. Absolutely. 100%. Night 14 of the B block. Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Yoshi Bon Jovi in 13 minutes and 34 <laughs> seconds. Zack Sabre oh. Jr., four wins, three losses, eight points. Yoshi Hashi, one win, six losses, and two points. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. 
Yoshihashi has been a highlight of this tournament for me. I This young up-and-comer, Yoshihashi. I mean, this is what everybody yep. saw in him five years ago. Where has yep. this been out of Yoshihashi? Who knows, man? Uh, very much like Taichi, he's another one of these guys that I don't know who was uh, higher up in New Japan. They just they lit a fire under all these guys' asses and just said, time for you guys to step up. And this guy... Is never really, I've never really been high on y- Yoshihashi. I never, I've never really understood the gimmick of it's like a cheerleader thing with the baton. I don't really know what it is, but when uh, when he gets into that ring, especially lately and in this tournament, I mean, he's impressed me. Um, even in, in Lost, his gimmick is he has beautiful hair, just like oh, Bon Jesus. Jovi. That's that's where the yep. name Yoshi Bon Jovi came from, right? And then Zack Saber Jr. <laughs> This is one of those things where another thing when, when, I, when I talk to other fans, people don't understand Zack Sabre Jr. They go, "Oh, he's boring. He does this." I'm like, "Really? Are, are you kidding me right now? That this this guy is able to adapt his style to his opponent. I mean, he, he can basically do it all. He can be high flyer. He can be technical. He can uh, do hardcore matches. I mean, just said that this guy is one of the most versatile." wrestlers going in professional wrestling right now you just have to really watch with a discerning eye and then you'll get it with him zach is very much my favorite guy to pull against Mm -hmm. but i i mean as as much as i dislike switchblade jay white in in the best kind of way like i i I actively root against zach saber jr Kind of for the same reason people pull against the Patriots. Like, he's just so good that you just want to yeah. see somebody beat him. Somebody right. beat yeah. him. And and, yeah. and that that sports cliche promo that he cut last week, um, <laughs> that, that might be the promo of the year. That was absolutely fantastic stuff. That was good. That was good. Kenta defeats Yano in 8 minutes and 56 seconds. Get this via countout because it's a Yano match. Both men now right. at 3 and 4 with 6 points. Um Yano started <laughs> off hot. He won he won his first 3 matches and now he's lost his last 4, which is completely fine with me. But this this whole like taping Yano to something to get him counted out, like I'm kind of over that gimmick. Like the the thing with Yano matches is like at least give me originality, you know. Yeah. Like like the Goto and Yano match, the 18 second seven and a half star would have been nine in the Tokyo Dome Classic. That that was amazing because it was something different. Like I I I, I need more variety with Yano. And uh, if you go, I believe. Two weeks ago on Turnbuckle Talk, uh, the, the match with Yano and uh, Juice Robinson was actually my match of the week for, for that particular week. And uh, it wasn't necessarily what, what Yano was doing in there, which, I mean, is always hilarious, uh, you know, especially if that says something that's your bag. But, uh, I mean, Juice was the one that, that made that match. Uh, I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. He was talking shit the whole time. Just in, in like it's, uh, I dig that kind of stuff for professional wrestling. It's a nice little you know, stop gap between all the, uh, the other kind of stuff going on. But, um, you know, and juice even getting the shit scared out of him, uh, legitimately throughout this, uh, at one point during this tournament. I mean, Hey, he's a, a guy that, uh, I don't really get the new kind of look that he's going for, but he's another one of these guys that, that, that just has stepped up his game and just, he, he's another one of these standouts. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really digging what juice is doing. Uh, just, uh, I don't know, maybe a different look, bro. I don't know. I'm not getting, uh, what you're throwing out there right now. What do you make of Kenta in this tournament? 
I don't know what to think about Kenta. Just it's he's a guy that it just like it just it feels like he's there, but I, I know he's not going to win. Yeah, I, I just I feel so underwhelmed by by Very Kenta at this point. Very underwhelmed. Is this the fact that he's uh, one of these outsiders kind of coming in? Like, is he's I, not I, a product of the dojo? He was a WWE guy at one point. You know? I feel like since Kenta won the the New Japan Cup of America. And he is the number one contender to John Moxley and the IWGP United States Championship. They feel like they can just, you know, have people beat him because he has his place on the Wrestle Kingdom card. And we, we all know that Kenta is better than three and four. And he's just in there putting other guys over because he has his place on the card already, you know. And sure. But it's just it makes for a very underwhelming tournament. It's kind of like the thing with Suzuki, you know, like Suzuki's yeah. the never champion. But he's in there putting everybody over. But it's Suzuki, so nobody cares. I'm just I'm not sure that Kenta's got that kind of legacy built in to where nobody cares. Yeah. Well, I agree. Sonata defeats Juice Robinson in 15 minutes and six seconds. Sonata now on his winning streak. He he's the opposite yeah. of Yano. Sonata won four in a row, eight points. Juice at three and four was six points. I agree. Uh, but I, I, I do think Blues Brothers Juice Robinson is my favorite <laughs> Juice Robinson. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of digging it. I'm kind of digging it. Although I, I, I wish that he'd change it up. Like, I think he should come out as a different, like, Halloween character every show. That could work. That could work. But uh, r- regardless of the look and the gimmick, I mean, just uh, the, the guy – uh, has it in the ring and in the promo work is <laughs> absolutely fantastic. I mean, he, he, he is one of my favorite talkers right now. I just said uh, when, when, when he is caught a promo, I'm, I'm sitting there and I, I'm watching and I am uh, absorbing what he's putting out there. It's, it's been fantastic. I, I, I'm a big fan of juice juices promo against evil where, where <laughs> he finishes the promo by saying he punched me in the penis. Just, <laughs> I laughed. Fantastic, man. I laughed. You can't not so be by that. Freaking Come on, hard. You, oh my I, god. I challenge anybody to, to not watch that and, and not consider yourself entertained. If you're not entertained by that, there is something wrong with you. Just the delivery. The delivery was yes. just fantastic. Goto defeats Tanahashi with the GTR in 13 minutes and 38 seconds. Goto with eight points. The ace, three and four with six points. But Tanahashi's having a fantastic tournament. Tanahashi's been one of my favorite guys to watch in this tournament. Like every year, I think this is going to be the last G1 for Tanahashi. Like it, it's time for Tanahashi to take a little bit of a, of a step back. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out in the G1 and he just has a bunch of great matches. It's like, God damn it. I love Tanahashi. Oh, yeah. It's. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say about uh, Tanahashi. That hasn't already kind of been said. Just a. Uh, yeah, uh, we even explored the um, proposition you put out there the other week, or uh, actually when you had your, your comeback episode about this theoretical match between him and John Cena. That was actually our show shop, showstopper segment from a uh, terminal talk this week. And uh, spoiler yeah, alert. That, that w- yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it already. But uh, I haven't made it that far in the episode yet. Oh, okay. I'm well, you can, you can always cut that up. You can always cut that on post production. And if I jump the gun on you. I'll make sure I listen to that tonight. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. But uh, yeah, Tanahashi, I mean, just uh, another one of these guys that uh, <laughs> somehow, even when he loses, it's like, it's not that I don't care. It's uh, just, it, it, it's, I'm, 
unlike in, in Western wrestling, I, I can still dig a guy that loses just because he did so damn well in that match. And because they kind of go for this more sports-like presentation, you know, we, we have the guy who wins and we have the guy that just came up a little short, but you can still enjoy it what he did. Yep, absolutely. So the best way I can put it, you know. Yep. Evil defeats Naito. 23 minutes and 57 seconds. Both men now 5-2 and two with 10 points. But now Tetsuya Naito is absolutely behind the eight ball because mm-hmm. his two losses came to Evil and Sonata. So we will uh, take a look at that here in just a little bit. But first, got to throw it over to a break. We here at Hami Media Group proceed to grow exponentially month by month. And we could not do it without our army of loyal listeners, as well as the absolute best sponsors in the free market today. Hami Media is proud to give our 100% guarantee that our sponsors offer the absolute very best in their respective industries. And all of them offer products and services that will be of tremendous value to you. Not able to go to a gym? Or would you rather train at home to improve your health, lower your risk of getting sick, or have the body you always wanted? Then check out Stevie Richards Fitness, the most valuable workout program you can find in 2020, costing just a fraction of what the big companies charge, but with unmatched superior quality at StevieRichardsFitness.com. And after your workout, you'll probably be hungry, but how can you be sure what you're putting in your stomach is of premium quality? can't speak for other brands, but we can speak of Zordo's olive oil. Does your olive oil at home say ultra premium? Ultra premium is a distinction that olive oil brands can only legally claim if they meet very strict standards and guidelines. Most olive oils cannot meet such rigid requirements, but Zordo's olive oil does with its imported ultra premium Greek olive oil. Taste the difference for yourself at Zordo'sOliveOil.com. And speaking of consuming quality products, it's important to start your day off on the right foot. Don't run it by drinking watered-down bean juice. Wake up and have a cup of bro, bro. With the Coffee Brosters, the only place you can get the limited edition Vince Russo Coffee. Organic Nicaraguan fair trade coffee roasted to perfection with notes of milk chocolate and walnut straight from the farm to your coffee mug at thebroasters.com. And of course, you can't profile without style. And what better way to look stylish and support your favorite independent wrestling talent than with some swag from Pro Wrestling Tees. Offering original merchandise for your favorite pro wrestlers you can't find anywhere else and a great way to give back to those who sacrifice their bodies for our entertainment. Check out all the latest and greatest pro wrestling shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you once again to all of our sponsors as well as our loyal listeners. We cannot do what we do without you, and we are only just getting started. We cannot express our gratitude enough. Thank you, and enjoy the show. All right, Joe. Two more to go, and then we get to the finals. We can finally do the preview for the finals. Finally, this tournament. This tournament is just freaking exhausting. And so you got to get some of that Vince Russo bro coffee, man. I'm telling you, bro. Yes. I'm telling you, bro. I'd love to get some. 4.30 4.30 a.m. start send me some, I will gladly accept it if you send if they send me some. Get on that. Find them at TB Talk Pod. Tuesday, night 15, A block. This one caught me by surprise. 
Jeff Cobb defeats Will Ospreay in 12 minutes and 21 seconds with a tour of the islands. I felt like Ospreay could have went through the mat. He got slammed so goddamn hard. Jeff Cobb now with eight points. Will Ospreay with 10 points. And Joe, we'll talk about scenarios. There is a scenario yep. where Osprey can still get into a three-way tie for the A block. But yeah. I, I thought absolutely when I saw this one on paper, Osprey's gonna win this match. And, and that sets it up going into it the matchup with Okada on, on the final night. Everything makes sense. Yep. Huge win for Jeff Cobb. Yeah, a huge win. It just reminded me, uh, was, was this not uh, a matchup at the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden? This almost felt kind of like a rematch of that. And, uh, yeah, fantastic from both guys. Um, yeah, I was fully expecting uh, Osprey to get the win on this, and I was uh, definitely uh, definitely surprised. It's not often that Gato catches me with my pants down, but on occasion he, he will throw <laughs> me one. When it happens. This next match? Was the exact opposite of that. I think oh. we all knew how this was going to go. Kota yeah. Ibushi defeats Yujiro Takahashi in 12 minutes and 28 seconds. I guess that's kind of the surprise of this match, that Yujiro lasted 12 minutes with Ibushi. Ibushi yeah. just kamagoyed that motherfucker so goddamn hard. It was great. Yeah. Kota Ibushi now with 12 points, looking to become the first three-year-in-a-row finalist in G1 Climax history. Yujiro, Huge. zero points. Looking for that win. Is Yujiro going to get a win, Joe? I guess it depends. We'd we'd have to look and and, and see kind of what's in store for him. Um, I mean, he's got a match coming up with Jeff Cobb. Uh, That doesn't look good. And uh, that's about it for him. Doesn't look good, does it? (laughs) I don't think it. Let's let's just see. I I don't see him uh, winning over Jeff Cobb. Yeah, it doesn't look good. It does not look good. Taichi defeats Shingo in 16 minutes and 21 seconds with the Black Mephisto. Uh, this is a perfect example. This is one of those matches where Shingo just made Taichi look freaking great. Yep. Uh, th- th- that's what he. That's what Shingo has been doing. Uh, he, he's either going to to win the match, or he is going to make his opponent look like a million bucks. And and then you combine that with. Like I mentioned earlier, Tai Chi stepping up his game just by himself. I mean, fantastic. Great stuff here. Tai Chi with eight points. Yeah. That's pretty impressive out of Tai Chi. I got to admit. Yeah. I I was not, I I was expecting, it's one of these cases where it's absolutely exceeded my expectations with this guy. He's not going to win, obviously. He's not going to win the tournament, but I mean, just he's elevated himself inside of it. And, uh, Good things going forward with him. He, I think he needs um, some kind of visual aid, though, with him to, to kind of put the character over the top. And like I mentioned, you know, learn how to lip sync. So so now we're referring to Miho Abe as a visual yes. aid? That's it's a visual aid. Well, yeah, it absolutely aids me in looking at the screen. That's for sure. It does. It really, 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 really does. Switchblade Jay White defeats Minoru Suzuki in 20 minutes and 30 seconds with a Blade Runner. This might be one of my favorite matches of the year. And I'm I'm talking like top two or three Um, because Suzuki, while losing this match, totally worked babyface in this match. It was the dirtbag switchblade Jay White, the dirty knife pirate 
against Minoru Suzuki, the ass-kicking babyface who is not <laughs> going to put up with your shit. And yeah. the Japanese people, like, while they can't cheer, they were... Yep into this match like there were a couple of times where they can't cheer but you could hear an audible gasp out of the crowd suzuki yeah. just killing it with his facial expressions tai chi with eight points suzuki with six points tai chi beat suzuki earlier on in the tournament yep i'm kind of ready for tai chi goon and they turn on Minoru Suzuki, turning Suzuki babyface for that last big uh, run of his career. I like it. I'm ready for it. What do you think? Interesting. Interesting uh, to um, kind of figure out who would lead this group without Suzuki. My, I mean, my pick would have always, uh, at least I, I thought going forward, would always been Zack Sabre Jr. I always felt like he would uh, take up that mantle because it almost feels like uh, like Zack is kind of going that similar kind of direction as Suzuki. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, just inside of this tournament, though, uh, it definitely feels like it's going in the direction of Tai Chi. It, well, it, it, and, it definitely feels that way. And not just this tournament. Remember, going back to the New Japan Cup, he took Correct, out Tanahashi yeah. and Ibushi in the New Japan yeah. Cup. Yeah. I mean, it's those huge. are some big wins. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, they, they clearly see something in this guy, and uh, and he's stepped up his game to to kind of match that. So, yeah, I mean, I would not be opposed uh, to him becoming the leader of that group. What do you absolutely. think of uh, Babyface Suzuki? <sighs> that I'm kind of torn on because I absolutely love – the murder grandpa gimmick. And, uh, the, the, couldn't the, he the, still be murder grandpa though? I mean, like if stone cold was yeah. walking around, wouldn't he be like, you know, stone cold grandpa? Like he just, he, he's an ass kicking baby face. He's like the, he, you're, you're kind of basically saying that he's become kind of like the anti-hero, right? So yeah, yeah, I, I, could, I could dig that approach. And I think Suzuki would be, one of the few that that could pull it off, though, this, it's not something that everybody can do. Like you use a lot of them, you either got to be a good guy or or be a, a bit of a bad guy. I think Suzuki, uh, I think Minoru could kind of blur those lines a little bit. He could do that easily, or easy. he could do, do that. He could do that better probably than uh, than most could. Uh, there's not many that could pull that off. I, I I think that if you give people the license to cheer Minoru Suzuki. They will, because people have so much respect for Suzuki at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely, I mean, the guy even bowed down to uh, to Jushin Thunder Liger when I thought he was going to kick his ass in that scenario. Even he had to show his respect, and I have respect for him for doing so. It's funny how Japanese culture, you know, kind of invades the West when when, when you see a moment like that. Okada Absolutely. defeats Ishii. Okada now with 12 points. Ishii with six points. I love that Tomohiro Ishii does not give a fuck who is in chaos and who is not when it comes to the G1 climax. He just goes out there and beats the shit out of everybody. Uh, yep. Ishii, once again, for MVP because going out and having amazing matches is all that Tomohiro Ishii does. And finally, we're, we're, we're up to rain. <laughs> Not quite the maker, but we're up to the rain. Yeah. Okada's coming back, but God, I just, I hate the story. I hate it. Uh, yeah. You mentioned chaos. Are they even 
really kind of a, a thing anymore. Like it just it feels like it's just like a, a loose affiliation of these guys. It basically is at this point. It, it's time for chaos to go away. Yeah, because it's I always hear it kind of mentioned and whispered about, and you see the occasional fan in, in uh, the crowd with a sign, but just it doesn't feel. It's never for me in my time of watching New Japan since I've really kind of delved into it. I'm just like, so these guys are like a faction and they're stable, like, but you never see them all together. Yeah, and, and and it's such an eclectic group of characters at this point. It really, you know? really, really. Is. <laughs> like, I can can anybody like. I, I just can't imagine Toru Yano, Tomihiro Ishii, and Will Ospreay all like, you know, hanging out on the bus, sipping a brew together. Like, it's just, no. you know. No, because Yano, Yano would have to spray the hand sanitizer in their face. Just, I, who would hang out with Yano anyway? Like, no. I'm I, I doing it just once, just to say that I, did, that, I, that I have. Yeah, but you're Canadian. Let's talk about Wednesday, night 16, the B block. Kenta defeats Yoshihashi 17 minutes and 39 seconds with the game over. Kenta moves to four and four with eight points. Yoshihashi just hanging out with two. But we discussed <laughs> yeah. both of these guys pretty extensively. Um, it, this is the Kenta that I expect. I just I want to see it more often than just against Yoshihashi. Exactly. Exactly. And this just kind of felt like a bit of a throwaway kind of match, honestly. These two guys in the, their standing in the tournament it didn't mean a whole lot. So. The B block in general has kind of felt like that for about half the tournament to me, you know, where, where it's like the, the early matches on the card are just like, yeah, I know how this is going. I don't care. Yeah. You know, yep. but that, that's just kind of the way the blocks worked out this year. Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Juice Robinson in 14 minutes and 30 seconds. Zack suddenly with 10 points. I'm I'm not exactly yeah. sure how that happened, but Zach Sabre Jr. has got 10 points, but he's just, we're not talking about him as in contention for this thing because he has just not presented himself in that way throughout this tournament. No, absolutely not. I just said, yeah, it, it's getting interesting near the top there, though. Like when I'm just looking at the, the standings kind of on my screen right now, uh, it's definitely interesting, uh, but he's kind of just outside of there, so... Juice, three and five, six points. About where I figured Juice would end up, unfortunately. Tetsuya Naito yeah. defeats Yano in eight minutes and four seconds. Always worried about this one. Always. Because <laughs> you, you only see this matchup like once a year. And this kind of goes yeah. back to like even when Kenny was over there, right? You'd get that once a year, you would get the Kenny versus Yano match. And you were just like, oh, shit. Anything can happen here. Suzuki yeah. versus Yano. When you see that on yeah. paper, you're just like, oh, God, who knows what in the hell's going to happen here? NATO and Yano, absolutely on that same level to me. NATO comes out and he's taking his jolly sweet time, getting all of his gear off, and Yano's getting impatient, and NATO's <laughs> telling him to just calm down, and you just, you, you know something bad is going to happen. It's just like, oh no, this is not going to be good. NATO's smiling ear to ear the whole freaking matchup. Thank God NATO finally ends up pinning him out of nowhere in eight minutes and four seconds. Always worry about Yano versus NATO. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta wonder, like even just outside of storyline, all that kind of stuff. 
I, I have a sneaking suspicion. You might disagree with me, but I have a feeling that a lot of these guys kind of like working with Yano. It's just kind of like a nice kind of it's break. And you see like guys like Naito where they, where they, they just they can go and they just can, they can have some fun. You can tell that especially Naito, like especially when he does that slow motion, taking the gear off and stuff like that. You can tell it's just a, it's a match where they just get to go and have some fun. And I, I have a suspicion that these guys enjoy. It's like it, it's the Yano break. Yeah. And it was smart putting the Yano match so late on the schedule for Tetsuya Naito because he has just been a workhorse throughout this entire tournament. Long matches with this guy. (laughs) Yeah. So a a nice little eight minute match in there with Yano. Yep. It seems like Naito's holding up pretty well, though, which is good to see. It's good to see. I mean, uh, this tournament is. uh, it's a uh, it's a grind for these guys, and uh, just the fact that everybody's kind of come through here without really any serious injury, I'm impressed. Well, one guy who is pretty beat up at this point is Hiroki Goto. Hiroki Goto has got like half of his freaking shoulder, I think, is just being held on by athletic tape at this point. Evil, oh, de- yeah. Evil defeats Goto in 15 minutes and 33 seconds. No surprise there. Evil moves to 12 points. Goto with eight points. And then in your main event, Sonata over the ace of the universe, Hiroshi Tanahashi, in 28 minutes and 25 seconds. Joe, a lot of these matches... It seems like we're kind of teasing a time limit, like just to remind you that, you know, that 30 minute time limit is there. Once you start getting up to about 26 minutes and that pace starts picking up, even with two guys like Sonata and Tanahashi, it's just like, holy shit, they're wrestling like they're juniors. Right. And, and there's a few exceptions here, but it, it, it always feels like a, like that, that last match of the night has got to be the long one. It, just, oh, it, it always time. feels like it's- that's the case. I mean, and just looking back on and all the nights here, there's definitely some exceptions to to that uh, to that trend, but but yeah, uh, th- this actually the, uh, this is right where I'm caught up to. Uh, so I haven't caught this last match. So just kind of before I go and, and watch it, just kind of give me uh, like how did this go down? Because like I I'm just I, I'm kind of surprised when I see Sonata over Tanahashi. Well, I, I, I think you just have to look at the storyline that is being told as we head towards that final night of the B block. It seems very, very clear to me, and it has for a while, that this is all leading towards Evil and Sonata. Evil and Sonata is going to be the final match of the B block. Um, at this point, Evil has 12 points, Naito has 12 points, Sonata has 10 points. So this is kind of the way that it works out. It's it's real cut and dry. You have Kenta versus Naito on the final night of the B block, and you have Evil versus Sonata. If Tetsuya Naito wins and Evil wins, Evil holds the tiebreaker over Tetsuya Naito. If, yeah. if Sonata wins that match, but Naito would lose to Kenta, then Sonata would end up winning the B block. So it's it's kind ah. of it, it's kind of the three way that we have right yep. now. So if NATO wins with a win and or a time limit draw is what he has to hope for between Evil and Sonata because that would move Naito to 14 points and leave Evil with 13 points for an outright win. That's the only scenario where Naito can win because his two losses where's the evil and Sonata. Yep. And I just, I don't feel like Kenta's going to get a win over Naito in that scenario. Just, uh, I'll be interested to see it, but, uh, 
if they could set that up just to, to set that up later, then 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 yeah, go well, for it. Well, I mean, it, it's also one of those things where typically, if you pin the champion inside of the G one, you earn you yourself a, a title shot. Yeah, Kenta hasn't had a real great tournament. But suddenly he could earn himself a title shot against Tetsuya Naito at a show like, I don't know, like Power Struggle, you know, sure. and where you can have Naito just go out and get his win back. And it's something to do on the way to the, the road to Wrestle Kingdom. Um, yep. I, I kind of like Kenta to beat Naito. And then it just comes down to evil versus Sonata. And I, I just I don't want either one of these guys to win the B block. I just don't. I mean, I'm evil is fine. Like the elevation of evil, I'm fine with it. But I I don't see evil in that position as the winner of a potential winner of the G1. Evil? No. I'm fine with no. evil being in main events, but no. And Sonata, I just I know that especially over at the PW Hustle Network. <laughs> we, we we have a lot of people that just love Sonata. Oh yeah, and I just don't get it, man. Like Sonata to me, out of all these guys that we're talking about right now, Sonata is the sloppiest. Yeah, no, I would agree. We were talking about this even before we started recording, of um, of just how it, like I just said, it feels like maybe he's trying too hard. Is that maybe kind of the the right train of thought there? Like he's trying too hard. I feel like the problem with Sonata is Sonata. And and, and it's yeah. just like literally what do you grab onto with the Sonata character? A yep. lack of emotion, no personality, cold yep. the cold skull, like what is there to like about Sonata? There's nothing to connect you as a fan to that I, character. Yep, it just it feels too it's like it's caught somewhere in the middle and just uh, i've i've always never I, I like i enjoyed the the work in the in the ring to, to a certain degree but character wise i mean just like you hit the nail on the head there's just nothing to latch onto on either uh side of the spectrum there and so, that's and literally just, the character makes, like yeah yeah it, it's an odd one it's a strange one inside of professional wrestling it really is let's take a look at the scenarios in the a block because the a block is much messier than the B block. It's not as easy Absolutely. as evil versus Sonata, uh, no. a block at 12 points. We have switchblade, Jay white, Kota Ibushi and Kazuchika Okada. And then at 10 points, we have will Osprey. All four of yep. those guys still in play eliminated. We have Tai Chi at eight, Jeff Cobb at eight, Suzuki at six, Ishii at six, Shingo at six, and Yujiro, poor, poor Yujiro, with zero yeah. wins. Zero. So here are the scenarios. If Switchblade yeah. Jay White wins his matchup against Tomohiro Ishii, Switchblade Jay White wins the A block. Wow. Kazuchika Okada needs to win his match against Will Ospreay and then hope that Tai Chi defeats Kota Ibushi and Switchblade yep. Jay White loses to Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. Huh. Ibushi wins if Ibushi defeats Tai Chi and Switchblade loses. Yep. Ospreay. This is where things get interesting to me. Not only does he need Tomohiro Ishii to beat Switchblade Jay White, not only 
does he need Tai Chi to defeat Kota Ibushi? And not yep. only does Will Ospreay have to beat what I expect to be the Rainmaker, Kasushka Okada. He needs Yujiro Takahashi to beat Jeff Cobb. Of all the matchups, he needs <laughs> Yujiro to win that one match. One yeah. match. If Yujiro pulls off that win, because you know that's going to be the first match of the night, right? It's going to be Yujiro versus Jeff Cobb. If Yujiro can somehow beat Jeff Cobb, holy shit. I don't see it. Yeah, that would be something. You don't don't think that Yujiro could punch Jeff Cobb in the nuts and roll him up for that one win? Victory by dick punch? It can happen. It can happen. Yeah. Maybe Pete, maybe Peter comes walking out. Jeff Cobb gets distracted. Utro rolls him up. Boom. Hey, hey, hey. Now we're talking. I, I could I could latch onto that. But if that happens, the internet is going to lose their mind because suddenly oh, yeah. there <laughs> is a way that Will Osprey can make it into the G1 final. All he has to do is beat Okada, have Taishi beat Abushi, and Ishi beat White. Yeah, he needs to win. He has to have everybody else lose. But the thing that's interesting to me, and the internet kind of lost its mind a couple of days ago because they announced the card for the show. And everybody, when we saw the announcement, like we we were like, Okada and Osprey is happening on the last night. That's the main event. Clearly, Will Osprey versus Kazuchika Okada is the main event. I think it needs to be, yeah. But it's not. No. In fact, it's not even the semi main event on this show. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. This is going to be a, a big night. Your main event of the night is Tomohiro Ishii versus Switchblade J. White. Yep. The match beforehand is Kota Ibushi versus Taichi. And oh, yeah, then you get Okada and Osprey. And you got. Shingo versus Suzuki, and you got Cobb versus. It, it, it's a, it's a stack night. It is this is a like, this is like a pay per view night. night. Yeah, it's like a pay per view night. You have to put Yujiro over. Yujiro has to get that win. He has to get that win. Wow, that's crazy. Yep. Uh, yep. Take it to Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you. Interesting. Very interesting. I like it. Yujiro is gonna get. His first win in the G1 Climax. I'm calling it! Tokyo Pimp! Fuck the world! You're, you're crazy, sir. Too but sweet. you're also so. Too sweet. Mighty Joe Moon, thank yes. you very much for joining me back here on Destino. Why don't you uh, go ahead and tell the people how to uh, keep up with you and uh, Turnbuckle Talk. Yep, you can find me on Facebook. I really don't do much else when it comes to social media. I just frankly don't have the time, folks. Uh, but uh, Facebook, you can find myself there. You just look type Joe Morin, and you'll see the guy talking to the microphone. Uh, for our, our Termical Talk page, is at TB Talk Pod. Uh, coming up uh, this week on Termical Talk, on our next episode, we have some cool stuff uh, lined up. We're actually going to have a uh, special guest, Mr. Spencer Love, a fellow Canadian who is also a huge wrestling fan and is uh, kind of doing some uh, some cool stuff here in Canada when it comes to uh networks and whatnot so it'll be interesting discussion with him to sit down and talk with dude this guy 
um, is very much like us, very passionate about professional wrestling. And it's always, always fun and entertaining to talk to another guy that just loves talking about wrestling. And uh, it just so happens the guy's last name happens to be Love. So it's uh, going to be interesting. Looking forward to it. Always a good time over there on Turnbuckle Talk. I'm sure that you guys will find something uh, productive to talk about. Including we are 12 episodes away from 200. That's crazy. And, uh, that's It'd be crazy, man. And uh, I want to have something. Uh, I'm hoping to line up something special for that 200th episode. I don't know what it's going to be just yet, but uh, maybe we could have like a stacked lineup of guests or something. That's what I'm hoping for. Hookers and blow. That's that's what I Hookers would go for. Hookers and that blow would be cool too. Yeah. Are hookers and blow legal in Canada? Um, I think the hookers might be the blow. I don't think so. No. Well, and at least you got that. <laughs> wrap things up for this week's edition of Destino a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast thank you for listening and if you haven't already please hit that subscribe button and toss us one of those five star reviews to help us out in the algos. Destino is brought to you by our friends over at the HTM Podcast Network Hami Media Group, the PW Hustle Network and NDPW.com find the show online at DestinoPod.com across all social media platforms at DestinoPod very special thanks to Mighty Joe Morin for joining me this week. Next week, our guest will be Mr. John Enright. Find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, be it Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, or even iHeartRadio. Enjoy the finals, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week for your G1 wrap-up. Until then, adios. Are you interested in joining our elite roster of sponsors? From now through the end of the year, Hamid Media Group is offering special rates as we continue our exponential growth. As we expect to hit 3 million downloads in the first half of 2021, giving you the absolute best value for you to advertise your company, brand, product, service, or podcast. We encourage you to reach out at Group at gmail.com and ask us how we can give the Hamid Media Bump to you.